Welcome, listeners, to episode number 17 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Sabi DeBose, and we are going to be discussing um, a few different topics relating to Mediterranean cuisine, uh, Moroccan food, um, different uh, types of cooking that Sabi likes to do, including baking and um, her family's favorite dish of spaghetti. Um, so we're going to cover a few different things. Uh, this is the second episode that I've recorded over the phone. Uh, Sabi is in Colorado right now in the Denver area. Uh, I'm here at my house in San Francisco. And so uh, we're doing this over the phone, uh, but looking forward to uh, getting a different perspective from somebody who lives in a different part of the country. So should be an exciting episode. Um, so today we're featuring a restaurant. It's called Euros King. It's uh, close by to where Sabi lives in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb uh, that's pretty close to Denver. Um, so Sabi, if you want to let us know uh, what you like about this restaurant and what made you decide to feature it today. So this restaurant is actually a new one in the area. And um, we heard about it just because we go to our local uh, mosque, which is up the street. And so we're like, hey, let's try this out as like our new Friday lunch spot. Um, We've been going there for probably like a month and we love it, um, particularly because we can get a new dish every Friday. So they have like a Friday special plate um, and you can try different dishes from around the world. So not just Mediterranean cuisine, but you can try like uh, dishes from Jordan or from Morocco sometimes. So it's kind of cool that I can expand my palate beyond the Mediterranean dishes when I'm not feeling in the mood for it. It's like a really good ambiance. I mean, it's not very big. Uh, there's probably just like a few tables. Kind of has like a family feel. I do think it's run by a family. So it's really nice. Like every time you come into the door, you feel like super welcome. Everybody says hello. Um, and then you can order. So you can order your typical gyro sandwich or like a shawarma sandwich or like um, kebab plates. Um, they also have kind of some American dishes, but I feel like they kind of still take a spin like with their seasonings on it, but it's kind of cool. So if you feel like you just want like a burger and fries for lunch, you can totally get that. Um, they have pizza. Uh, what's really cool to me is that I eat halal food, so I can get like halal pepperoni and not have to worry about it. As far as their like uh, Friday specials go, you just never know what you're going to get. But this past Friday, we had a really delicious like fish plate with uh, rice that was a little bit spicy. Um, their salad dressing was like amazing. I think it was, I want to say it was pretty simple with like olive oil and some lemon on there. Um, and what's the spice that they use? Um, it kind of reminds me of an Italian seasoning, but for like Arabs, if you will. So it was really good. Um, definitely would recommend just going and being surprised basically on like what dish you can get each Friday. So the food sounds really good. And I, I was looking at the menu online ahead of time and it looks like they have a lot of what I would think of as kind of like classic uh, Mediterranean dishes that you would find at a Mediterranean restaurant in the United States. Like you have your kebabs, chicken and lamb and beef kebabs and the mm -hmm. Euro plates and, uh, different salads and, and uh, baba ganoush and, and uh, hummus and different things like that. And then also, like you mentioned, on the menu, they have they serve pizza there as well, which, uh, you know, is kind of uh, seems like 
something that you wouldn't expect at a Mediterranean restaurant. Um, so I guess my thought is that maybe in the area, they expect that uh, they're catering to people who have different tastes. And maybe in this part of Colorado, like uh, people aren't used to eating Mediterranean food as much. So they also have pizza on the menu if, if they want other options. Um, would you say that's accurate? Or like, what do you think is the reason that they uh, like also serve pizza on the menu? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And then another reason would be because, you know, there's a lot of American Muslims who like to have like halal options. So halal is basically just like the way in which we prepare our meat. And um, we can't go to like a normal pizza restaurant and get something like pepperoni or sausage on our pizza. So I think they know this and they know it'll be popular with like American Muslims. So we go and we get pizza. Um, I definitely did order one of the pizzas as well yesterday. <laughs> so it was pretty great. Are, are there other restaurants in your area that like kind of specialize in serving halal food? And if there are, are they similar in that they kind of have a very broad menu to, uh, to give their customers a lot of options? Yeah, I think that most of the places here in Colorado anyway, um, they'll have their traditional dish, whatever it may be, like Lebanese food or uh, Moroccan dishes. But they always include something on the menu that like caters to like, I think, our American palate because they know that we're going to come to this restaurant, maybe with our friends. And sometimes we're just not really like in the mood to eat, um, you know, like an Arab dish. So we'll go to our American side and there's always like some kind of option there for us, which is nice. Yeah. I think that that like makes a lot of sense. And that's like a good way for the uh, restaurant owners to connect with their customers and, and figure out like what they're looking for. Cause I know that like some of the halal restaurants here in the Bay area, um, it seems like to me that maybe they're a bit more specialized um, compared to uh, the restaurants that you described uh, in your area around Denver. Um, I mean, like you said, like you are able to go there and you can like order a pizza and also order the Friday special. And you you know that it's like uh, halal food. that You can like trust uh, how it's made because you've uh, been to this restaurant before and you kind of know what to expect. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was living in the Bay Area a couple of years ago, and I would say that was true. Um, I think they just have probably a bigger population in general, so they can afford to have like different restaurants that are like specifically American food, but halal and then their traditional dishes. So I kind of like that it's all in one restaurant here. And how would how would you say that uh, Euros King compares to other Mediterranean restaurants in your area? Like in terms of um, this being a favorite restaurant for you, is it because you would say that the food is um, like a lot better? Like does, does it taste better than other Mediterranean restaurants or does it have more to do with just kind of like the convenience of it because it's like close by uh, to where you are and uh, it's kind of like an easy place to, that's convenient to go to? I actually like the flavors a lot more here. I'm not sure who their chef is, but definitely hats off to them. <laughs> their flavors are just a lot better than some of the other restaurants I've been to in the area. Um, I'm never like against, you know, driving a little distance to have good food. So um, it's even better that it's convenient and uh, they just have like good cooks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, it it's good to find a restaurant that you know that you can rely on. And it sounds like this place is 
um, not too far from where you guys are at. So it's something that you always know on a Friday or, um, you know, if there's ever a time when you're not cooking at home and you know that you can go there and, and get food that you like and uh, that's prepared well. So I know that you also have an interest in cooking and we can uh, change topics a bit and, and talk about some of the things that you like to cook. Um, so you mentioned uh, before the show that baking is an interest of yours. Um, so how long is it that you've kind of had that interest of baking and, and what are some of the things that you typically like to bake at home? Yeah, I am. I grew up just loving to do the baking. Um, probably started when I was a kid. My mom used to like make these little cookies for our family during every Eid holiday. Um, so that's where I kind of started, you know, seeing the baking happening. And then probably when I got into high school is when I was more of like into baking on my own and just kind of would always look online for new recipes or look in my mom's cookbooks. Um, I love to really, I think my special, I wouldn't say like specialty, I'm not like the best baker, but you know, I love to make cakes. Um, there's just so many different types of cakes that you can make, like they're pretty much endless. So that would be my thing. And then probably second are just like different types of cookies and things like that. So pretty simple American type baking but you know every once in a while I will uh, get together with my friends and try some of the baking from their country Um, so recently I've tried to do some breads Um, it's a little bit more difficult than I anticipated but (laughs) I would really love to do that because having fresh bread is so much better than just like the stuff you can buy in the store yeah actually actually on uh the episode that I recorded uh, two episodes ago uh, with uh, Brad Durad, who was like a former uh, colleague of both you and I, we we did some uh, baking of bread. And that was the first time that I've ever done it because I think it's always been something that I've uh, been like kind of intimidated by. Like I, it seemed like it was very challenging and that there was so much like science behind it with like getting all the ratio of the ingredients exactly right. And Mm -hmm. for the right amount of time, um, so I've, I've just done it once there's, you know, um, a lot more that I would have to learn to, uh, to get good at baking bread, but, um, there's definitely an aspect of, of like intrigue of doing something that seems difficult and trying to like master that and, and take that on. So typically when you bake, um, what would be the occasion for that? Like, are there, um, certain times of the year or certain special occasions that, that you like to bake or is it more of just like a, a hobby that you do? Yeah. So most of the time when I bake, I like to do it for other people. So it's basically when I have any gathering, um, sometimes when we have dinner parties or we go to my family's house and have, uh, any sort of like birthday or any celebration, really, I always volunteer to do the desserts. <laughs> I just like to make different creations. And, um, you know, my family, they all have like sweet tooth anyway. So it's always kind of fun to like bring something new and see if they like it. Earlier, you mentioned that um, there's not exactly like one recipe that you like to make your baking, but that you kind of try a lot of different things. It sounds like like you do different recipes for cakes, you do cookies, you're trying breads. So would you say it's accurate that part of the part of your interest in baking is just the kind of the excitement of like trying something new of like taking on a new challenge of of baking something different each time rather 
like sticking to the same recipe because that might be more boring. Right, for sure. I love to try different foods in general. So I think that also translates into my baking. I don't like to just like stick to the same dessert all the time. Um, Even when I'm like baking something easy like brownies or like a cheesecake, I'll try to mix it up and like, okay, well, it's the fall time. So let's do like a pumpkin cheesecake for Thanksgiving or let's do, uh, I tried something really crazy last year. It was like a brownie bottom cheesecake. So it was really kind of cool just like putting the things together and seeing how it comes out. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can totally relate to that. Um, And I know you also said that another thing that you like to cook is spaghetti and that it's kind of been like a family favorite dish. So um, what is your, what what is it about spaghetti that kind of uh, became something that you really enjoyed cooking and, and um, is it something that your family has like enjoyed doing like when you were growing up as well? Yeah, uh, growing up, I feel like it was just like one of our kind of comfort foods and also like a food that we would make when we all get together. It's a quick and easy dish too. It's easy to make a lot for a lot of people. So I think that kind of is like one of the appeals. Um, If you have like random guests, for example, and you're like, oh, we got to make a deal or like a meal. So we're just like, let's make spaghetti. Um, And then I think as we got older, our tastes kind of changed. So we're like, you know, what can we add to this dish? And my sister, she got into like uh, different types of mushrooms and stuff. So she introduced like shiitake mushrooms to the dish, for example. And then my mom, she loves vegetables and things like that. So we started putting like fresh green uh, bell peppers. Um, I love garlic. So we put a lot of fresh garlic in there. And then... um, Another thing we added was like a spicy sausage. So it kind of like, it's not like your typical boring spaghetti meal. I think it's, it has a lot of flavor actually. So you just kind of like saute all this together before pouring them in the sauce. And it's just super delicious. Um, It's a good meal. It's just kind of like something easy. Um, It's almost like having like a soup on a cold day. It's like when you all get together, you're just like together with family. Let's make spaghetti. (laughs) What's interesting about spaghetti, I think, is that you you mentioned it's it's kind of a quick and easy thing where you can have the have the ingredients ready and uh, you know boil your pasta and kind of um, make it fairly quickly. But at the same time, there's a lot of different things that you can do with spaghetti depending on the type of sauce that you make or the different ingredients that you add into the sauce. Because you kind of mentioned that over time your recipe has evolved as you've tried different vegetables or tried adding garlic. So like nowadays when you make spaghetti, um, is it similar to baking where you're kind of always trying to tweak it and and try something different? Or is it more like you found a recipe that you like and you've kind of stuck with it? Yeah, I think more or less, I feel like our spaghetti recipe is probably like set in stone. Um, The only thing I would do occasionally is instead of like using any pre-made sauce, I'll make my own spaghetti sauce. Um, That's something I've been liking to do is make as many fresh ingredients as possible. So I'll just make a quick spaghetti sauce of like tomatoes, tomato paste, uh, fresh parsley, some garlic, your typical Italian seasonings, um, and then some olive oil. And then I'll just blend that and then I'll put it in the pan with like all of the meats and veggies. Um, it turns out really, really good. Um, you'd be surprised. You're like, wow, it's really easy to make a sauce, but it's 
probably yeah I would say besides that our recipe it's like pretty standard every time now (laughs) I I think it's kind of important to have have a recipe that you can that you know that you can always go to when you're not sure what to make or when things get busy or or if you just want something that you know that you like and you know exactly what to expect um like you use the word comfort food like everybody has has a food that you just always kind of go back to like um because you know that you really enjoy it and that it's just uh it's a reliable dish so it it sounds like that's kind of what the spaghetti dish is for you and so also as it relates to cooking uh you mentioned that Moroccan food is is uh is a type of food that you've been learning over the last few years and uh it's a food that you enjoy cooking um so maybe just give uh you know the listeners a background on like how you started uh getting into cooking Moroccan food and and like when that process started for you yeah um as you know like so I got married a couple of years ago and my husband is from Morocco um so obviously he likes his own traditional food and it was really hard for him to come to the United States and kind of assimilate with our dishes you know he wasn't used to it so um, probably I would say like about a year ago I started feeling more like I should try to learn some of his traditional dishes just to give him like a feel of his home as well and um, I have a really good friend here in the Denver area, too. She's been so great. She uh, will invite me over whenever she decides to cook a traditional meal for us and our friends. And I'll just learn little tips from her. Um, also, YouTube is great, by the way. <laughs> they have tons of great um, Moroccan cookers out there who will teach you how to like make anything. So like a tagine, which is cooked and the traditional Moroccan clay pot. Um, You can make tons of different ones with fish and lamb and chicken. And it's not as hard as you would think it is. You just have to have like the right pot and just a little bit of patience to learn how to do it. And um, you can, yeah, you can definitely learn a lot of different recipes. And my husband, he's actually a pretty good cook himself. Um, so he taught me a lot about how to use the different spices that are um, used in all of these dishes and how they all work together. So it's been a learning experience. I've had a lot of fails and recently more wins. So that's good. <laughs> I, I would say that my experience with Moroccan food is um, pretty limited. Like I'm trying to think uh, back to if I've been to a Moroccan restaurant, maybe I have once or twice, but but I can't remember specifically. Um, so could you share like what are two or three uh, dishes or, or even just like types of food that are like essential uh, in Moroccan cuisine? Like it could be like a favorite of yours, just like what is considered to be like the national dish or or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I would say probably the top dish is their famous couscous. Um, It can be made in several different ways. And it's typically a dish that the whole family eats together out of like one of the clay uh, tagine pots every week. Um, So it's like a Friday lunch meal. And it's made with uh, the couscous grains as like the base. And then they'll typically make um, a lot of different vegetables. So they'll use cabbage, uh, carrots, um, pumpkin, 
or uh, eggplant. I was trying to think of it in French. <laughs> and then, um, so you'll like boil those in a big pot together, like all of the vegetables separately. And then they'll do a whole process of like steaming the couscous three times, which is really wild. Still haven't uh, been able to get that one down, but, and then, so they'll layer it. So they'll put the couscous first and then they'll put all of the veggies with some of the sauce from the pot as well. And then typically they'll add like a little bit of meat. So something like lamb, um, they'll do chicken, but I've seen a lot of red meat mostly with like the big vegetable one. I think most of their dishes they'll take with bread. So they have a, I don't even know how to describe how to make this bread, <laughs> but it's very thin. So you make a dough and they spread it out on the counter, like very, very thin. And then they almost like fry it in a pan um, and they'll eat that with anything. Like if they make a soup or if they have like a, a tagine dish with his which is usually just like vegetables or sometimes just specifically with chicken and olives. Um, they'll eat that straight from the pot with the pieces of bread. So um, everything that they make is usually like a finger food, except for their soups. Of course, you're going to eat that with a spoon. But yeah, I would say those are pretty staple dishes in their country. And now, now that you've had a chance to like learn more about Moroccan food and, and try it and cook it yourself, would you say that it's uh, similar to uh, any other type of cuisine that you had before? I think probably the most similar would be Mediterranean food, just because of their use of like, you know, fresh vegetables a lot. Um, it's very family style. But I think even the Moroccans, they're kind of different from Mediterranean, just because they like to do a lot of their cooking in like the clay pots and stuff and I think they still use even like a wider variety of vegetables um, so they kind of have like a distinguishing factor from like the rest of like the northern Africa and uh, Middle East countries where those countries they use tons of rice in their dishes and like Moroccans sometimes you won't have any grain besides the bread you eat it with but they'll just eat like a plate full of like cooked vegetables which is awesome it's super healthy um, so yeah, I really enjoyed a lot. I'm happy that I'm learning to cook it. So it's definitely opened up my palate. Moroccan food. It's, um, you know, as we were mentioning earlier, it's, it's not very common in the United States. And so I would imagine that there are certain ingredients that they use that maybe you wouldn't be able to find at your typical grocery store. Um, you might have to go to a specialty store or find other ways to, source your ingredients for these recipes. Um, so what do you typically do uh, to get the ingredients that you need? Um, and, and like, what are some of those ingredients that are maybe harder to find? Yeah. So as far as the spices go, I think for the most part, you can probably go to one of your local international food stores and find um the spices that you need, uh, they don't really use like difficult spices in their dishes. But if you want like a specialty blend, so they have these special spice blends for like fish or chicken or lamb, or even like kufta, which is like the ground meat put into like a kebab. Um, you, we get our friends who go travel to Morocco quite a bit. <laughs> we'll be like, hey, we're out of this spice mix. Can you get it for us? And they'll just bring us like back a huge bag. 
Um, it's not to say that we can't make that spice mix here, but I will say that their spices, like uh, sourced locally from their country, taste just, I don't know why, but they taste so much fresher than the spices that we get imported. Um, so it's really nice to have that advantage to like have our friends bring them for us. And then as far as like any of the other ingredients you need to like make their breads or make their traditional dishes. Um, I personally like to go to like the Korean market because they have tons of different vegetables that you can find that aren't always in our local supermarket. Um, so for the most part, I don't really have a problem getting everything that I need to make one of these dishes. You just kind of have to like think outside of the box and go to like an international store in order to find them. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense. I think maybe part of that is just the way that in the United States, uh, food is, uh, I would I would say it almost seems like it's like less accessible than any parts of the world because. I think back to like when I was in Mexico last summer and there's just these markets with like so much fresh food, fresh vegetables and fruits and, and meats and mm-hmm. all, all like su- such a wide variety, uh, such a wide selection. And in in the U S it's almost like you have to wait for like the farm market or, or something like that or else it's uh, you know, things that you'll just find at these big grocery stores. So like you said, like you just even go to other international uh food stores like a Korean market and what that does for you is like gives you uh, more fresh options or or just like a wider variety of options. So kind of going back to something we were talking about earlier in the podcast um, was that you were mentioning that um, like the the diet that you follow is like halal. Um, so what would you say um are like some of the challenges of like having a halal diet? Like how long has that been uh, something that you've uh, been following? Yeah, uh, something that I've done my whole life. Um, And it depends really what state you're in, in the United States. Um, Here in Colorado. So I grew up in Colorado Springs and we didn't really have like any halal like meat markets down there. So what my mom would do is she would drive up to Denver usually like once a month or every six weeks and she would just like get a ton of halal meat and we would just put it in our deep freeze um, so that we had it for the next X amount of weeks. Um, So that was a challenge, especially, you know, in the winter, sometimes the weather is like really bad. So it's kind of hard. So that forced us to, you know, not have meat, which is okay. But, you know, we would just have to make vegetarian dishes or use fish or something like that. Um, But if you're in some place like California who has tons of meat markets, I mean, you don't really struggle that much. Basically, um, halal meat is just the way that the animal is um, killed. And so you just have to make sure it's done per Islamic law. Um, We can also eat from, they say, like meat of the book. So, you know, Jewish meat. Um, It's kind of hard to identify like what is Christian meat. So typically I stick to anything that's like halal or kosher. Um, So if there's ever a case where we don't have uh, halal meat, like sometimes it's hard to find like a halal turkey on Thanksgiving. So we'll eat the kosher turkey, uh, which is permissible for us. Would you say that uh, like when you go out to eat or when, when you think about things that you want to cook at home, 
um, it's always kind of in the back of your mind of like, um, I need to, uh, you know, stick to, to the specific diet. Like I need to like refrain from these foods, I guess maybe, maybe another way to say it is like, does it kind of feel like a constant, um, like struggle almost where you, where you have to like, think about like what you can and can't eat or like if you can go to a certain restaurant or like what on the menu is off limits like does that kind of feel like it's like a constant thing for you yeah I mean I think just in general if you stick to a halal diet you always have to have those things in the back of your mind um I know as you know when we traveled in Texas for work I was always thinking like hmm is there anything halal on this menu at the restaurant we're gonna go to (laughs) so it's kind of just like something you always think about um but beforehand, like if I'm with friends who don't eat halal, I'll always check the menu ahead of time just to make sure I'm not really picky about having to eat like a full vegetarian dish. Um, I love seafood, too. So that's great. If they have seafood on the menu, I don't even think twice. I'm like, yeah, let's go to this restaurant. But if it's like a specialty place like, you know, Texas barbecue, kind of have to stay away from those places because I can't eat anything on the menu. I guess growing up in America, it's uh, just something I learned to do from a young age. So for me personally, it wasn't that much of a big deal. But for people who come from countries where halal food is accessible, like every single place you go, um, it's definitely proven to be a challenge for them. And they definitely miss that aspect of their home a lot. Um, So it's kind of nice to know before you move somewhere like what are your options and you know will you have time to cook your own meals yeah I I mean I think it's really good uh just to kind of hear that perspective and like um you know for myself I don't have like specific restrictions and I think maybe others who listen to the podcast are the same way so you know it's good just to hear that perspective and be able to um put myself in your shoes and and see like, you know, what that's like and what, what options you have and how there might be uh, specific challenges that, that come along with that. So uh, I'm curious, have you uh, made trips to Morocco in the past? Yeah, I did. I've only been there once, um, but that was like a few years ago and it was amazing. I love it. It's probably one of my favorite countries I've visited so far. So from the times that you've traveled to Morocco, um, what was the, uh, the dining experience like, like, were there restaurants that you went to or did you mostly, uh, eat, eat in homes? Like what was different about, uh, the, the food culture there, uh, compared to the United States? You know, I think the big differences is like, they have restaurants for sure. Um, but it's mostly in my opinion anyway, I feel like for the tourists, So you'll see some locals who can go out and like they'll grab a quick bite to eat like they have um, all of like the kind of fast food chains that we would hear but they're more of like mom and pop fast food chains if you will. So I ate at a couple of those but most people eat from home um, and I definitely don't blame them I mean. Uh, my husband family, he lives like across the street from this like fresh food market, which is awesome. So whenever they need food, like literally they can go buy all of their ingredients fresh every single day if they want. Um, and then they just I think the difference there is, is that they value having like family meals, even at lunchtime, they'll have like a two hour break 
and everybody can come home from school if they want or work and they can all have like a meal in the middle of the day together um so it's kind of cool um I don't think they put a lot of emphasis on like going out to restaurants so when I was there I'm pretty sure I only ate out like I want to say like three times in the whole two weeks yeah yeah that's uh that's something that I maybe wouldn't have expected like the fact that there aren't very many restaurants as we're starting to wrap things up um is there anything else um that you wanted to share or anything uh maybe that we didn't cover yet that um that's relevant for the listeners uh, no I mean if you're ever in Morocco definitely try to go and meet a family anybody will welcome you into their house to have a meal they love foreigners which is great so definitely take advantage of it if you ever find yourself over there awesome yeah I mean Morocco sounds like sounds like a great country and I think I've met several people who have traveled there and and heard great things about the food obviously but also like the architecture and just um, just being a, a very different culture, uh, you know, a good thing to experience. So, um, yeah, I think that that would be uh, that would be great to be able to travel to Morocco sometime. Um, so, yeah, thanks again uh, for for doing the episode today. Um, I think this was like a really informative one. Um, maybe a lot of people haven't uh, made themselves familiar, with, like halal food, halal cuisine. So, you know, it was good to get your perspective on that. And then also just hear about uh, your experiences at home cooking, like doing baking and um, learning how to make Moroccan dishes um, and kind of how that uh, has evolved for you over time. So, yeah, thanks uh, so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode, and we'll see you next time. I'm not going to do that.